Hi, and welcome to episode 2.5 of the Borcelli Brothers podcast. I'm Mike Borcelli. And I'm Sean Borcelli. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Good. It's busy. It's a busy life. Yeah, it's been a busy couple weeks. Yeah, anything new? Uh, not really. No? No. Um, have I, have I told the listeners at home I broke my fingers? Mm, no. I broke my fingers. In New Orleans? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dove out of the way of an oncoming car. <sighs> did you have a good time? Though? I did. I had a really good time. Well, I'm glad uh, that I could fund your uh, excursion and uh, pay back for mine. Yeah, so you didn't fund it. You just paid me back, and <laughs> I used those monies in order to take my own trip. <laughs> right? right, right. Yeah, uh, but uh, almost died in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. They, they're still looking a little swelly. Oh god, they're they're really bad. Actually, compared to my other hand, you can't see it. At oh home, wow! But, uh, Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, you know, Natalie. I, d- I actually don't think Natalie has really believed me that I've been in a lot of pain. Because she'd be like, Sean, I want to move the couch from the upstairs to the downstairs. I'm like, <laughs> can't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, she looked at my fingers today. She's like, holy shit. That's, uh, yeah, you've been overusing those. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I should take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, also hit my elbow really bad. Yeah. I have a, a fatty deposit now that now sits... Uh, where my weenus is. Right. The weenus of the elbow. How did that happen to you? Uh, that happened a few days earlier um, in Toronto, just as I was getting on a plane to uh, New Orleans. I fell down some stairs. At the airport? No, at uh, at uh, my friend's house. Oh. It's, it was her uh, stagette that we were going to in New Orleans, and uh, those stairs were slippery. So you're going to sue her? Uh, she's a lawyer oh you're fucked so she, <laughs> she's kind of my lawyer can't see your own lawyer no you can't no <laughs> um if i we would have got a license plate number though maybe i could have sued that guy in new orleans just drove out of nowhere came out of nowhere yeah didn't even slow down that's nuts yeah i did a diving roll and it was dramatic and people came running from all over the place like from miles away <laughs> to wow. come see wow. see if I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people watched it. Yeah, yeah, but no one caught a license plate. It was just like, "Hey, man, are you alright?" I was just like, "Yeah," <laughs> and then I said, "Fingers, I think, are broke, but yeah, I'm good." Right. So that was New Orleans in a nutshell. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, it's an amazing city. I bet it is. Yeah. Um. Full of music. Everyone knows this. Full of booze. Wait, it's got everyone knows this. They have music and booze. Yep. I had and, no idea. Uh, lots of history. You know, lots of stuff. Uh, Old uh, city. Old city? Yeah. Why do they call it New Orleans? Well, because there was an Orleans. Where is Orleans? In France. Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Orleans. Yeah. It's not Orleans, hey? No. <laughs> no, they even have t-shirts that say... Uh, like they spell it phonetically, like New Orleans, yeah. not New Orleans. Yeah. Generally, people who live in New Orleans don't actually wear those T-shirts. I I bet they don't. Yeah. Um. Still in New Orleans. A lot of I actually, if I can get the photos that I took. Oh, I also broke my phone. <laughs> in the 
<laughs> like quite just the, before I got there, quite it, the adventure. Yeah, I hadn't even gotten on the plane to New Orleans yet, and I dropped my uh, phone uh, almost a whole twenty-two inches off the ground, and uh, it was dead. It was wow. done. Well, that's the how many t- how many broken phones is that for you in one decade? Ugh. Uh, ten. Ten. One a year, yeah, is that average? That's about how many times I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. That's yeah. what, like with the average human breaks their phone, hey? Like Once a year, you get a yeah. new one every year. Honestly, um, this was a especially epic year. This is my second phone this year. Yeah, yeah. I still have an iPhone four. Yeah, you wrecked it a long time ago, but for some reason it just keeps holding on. Sort of. It's really just clinging in there. I get every second text message. So anyways, with my phone broken, I wasn't able to take photos. I don't have access to my photos because I was using another person's phone to take photos of things I thought was funny. So I apologize for uh, limited um, Borcelli Brothers photos on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. I know I made a promise, but like, I'm sorry I failed. Like I had reasons. For not taking a bunch of photos? Yeah, because there was a photo that I wanted to take, actually a series of photos I wanted to take because I kept seeing this one catchphrase everywhere. And that was um, something so good, you'll slap your mama. (laughs) (laughs) So it would be like uh, the Praline Festival or National Praline Day or something was going on there. And there was a big sign under these pralines on a sample tray that said praline so good you'll slap your mama and then there was a sign at a store down the way it was uh crawfish so good you'll slap your mama see i can see the crawfish i can't see a praline being so good i ever i that i can't i'm not a praline guy oh have you had pralines from where they come from in new orleans no yeah it's amazing (laughs) so (laughs) they're really good so good i'll slap my mama. yeah you'd slap your mama okay uh, beer stand, beer so cold you'll slap your mama. Yeah. So I don't know what that's about. Where it comes from? No, I just think about it. Little local meme. Well, it's not a meme. Kind of. It's an in- inappropriate. Not really. Use of the word meme. I think. No. No. It's a catchphrase. Sure. It's a. It's uh, a, a figure. A of phrase a entering. Phrase. Entering a. F- a, f- a f- a figure of phrase. No, it's already coming a figure of phrase. Somewhere. Yeah, but I don't like way back. So good, you'll slap your mama. Like, would you say, uh, no, I just kind of fucked the dog all weekend. Like, that's a catchphrase. It's Look, not we're, a meme. We're, we're mincing words here. I, I was using it pretty loosely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Too loosely. <laughs> I don't think too loosely. Yeah, anyways. So, your mama gets slapped. Mm hmm. A lot in New Orleans because everything's so awesome. Huh. Yeah. Cool. The beer was cold when I had, had the beer. It was really cold. It was cold enough that I'd be like, this is unfounded. Like if my like mom, if my mama was here. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting to figure out maybe why. Okay. I think where this kind of phrase comes from is that something is so good that it just like, it can't exist. It can't be real that right. it's so good. Almost like, it's so outrageous to slap your mama. Like it, like slapping your mama. No one slaps their mama. Right. Right. But if something like this can exist, then the existence of mama slappers has to exist too. 
maybe <laughs> i don't know this beer is so cold like where's like i i anything's possible now like a reality where i would slap my mama right now is possible yeah does that make sense i i think i just i think that might be beer it. beer so cold that it'll make you believe in infinite universes including one where you'll slap yeah. your mama exactly Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we happen. Yeah. New Orleans happens to exist in a, a world where mama slapping's okay. And it's actually a sign of like, wow, the, you really achieved something here. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. This is so good. Thank God my mom's not here. <laughs> She'd get it. <laughs> uh, crazy. Well, yeah. what, are we, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Stephen Notley. Woo! Uh, creator uh, of Bob the Angry Flower, yeah, uh, ca- uh, comic character. Uh, it's the 25th anniversary. Yep, of his character, and uh, he's going to be at San Diego Comic Con this weekend. This uh, to, to technically, we're recording this Wednesday. He will be there tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, he's there all weekend, mm-hmm. but he's his panel. He has his own panel, and it's going to be t- uh, tomorrow. Um, I don't know why you're getting into all these like weird specifics. Well, he's got a panel. It's it's but a, it's a people big deal. are are gonna miss it. Uh, not necessarily <laughs> because this is coming up probably Friday. Yeah, it <laughs> probably is. But <laughs> let's let's uh, why don't we we'll do an Instagram live video and we'll pr- we'll promote his panel. How about let's uh, take a call here. Caller number three, you're on the air. Uh, h- hello. <laughs> uh, someday we'll get that hooked up. <laughs> uh. It was a good conversation. Yeah, it's a great conversation. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Steve's always really interesting to talk to. He's the guy who you get you 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 lose yourself at a party in a corner chatting with Steve about something, and you you you're just nerding out with him about. Mm-hmm. He knows something about everything. Yeah. So, nerd explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, really good conversation. Uh, if you haven't checked out Bob the Angry Flower, please do so. He has a website. BobTheAngryFlower.com, I believe, is what it is. But you can just Google Bob the Angry Flower, and we'll link to it in the show notes. And that's Bob, uh, (laughs) B-O-B. Yeah. Bob. Yeah, Bob. Bob the Angry Flower. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Check it out. Check him out. Uh, Tune in. Listen. This is a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Enjoy. I never actually played. Uh, I might have played like Nintendo 64 Castlevania, but I never played really any of the newer 
Like they have new like like big 3D yeah. like almost first person <gasps> shooter Castlevanias Listen. that are supposed to is that coming from my, my yard? Yeah. Oh, great. It's beautiful. Well, let's start <laughs> over. Yeah. Let's start over. Wow, they, they're coming through really nice on the mic. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds like we're just in the middle of the forest. Yeah. Wait, what time podcast. is it? They might, yeah. be, uh, they might be going to bed. What time is it? It's uh, 3.28. Oh, no, they're just being noisy for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Little fuckers. No, every time like when dust comes, they like all flock to the tree just in my yard there. And there's probably 40 of them, and they're all like, they're so noisy and angry tweets because everyone's trying <laughs> to find their own little perch to sleep in. And then all of a sudden, then it finally quiets down. But it, there's, it's a good 20 minutes of them all being <laughs> like, I know, this is my spot. No, this is my, I always sleep here. This is my spot. So, <clears throat> and then they're, they're up at, uh, at dawn. <laughs> and they do the same thing. <laughs> all right. Today's guest, uh, Mr. Stephen Notley. Hi, Steve. Hey. Comic writer, a writer of Bob the Angry Flower. Uh, also works at PopCap Games, one of the uh, creative leads. I don't know. What's your title? Uh, I guess it's designer. Designer, creative designer. designers. <laughs> uh, you may writer. know for such games as Plants vs. Zombies, Plants vs. Zombies 2. <laughs> Uh, and, and others. And <laughs> is Angry Birds a pop cap game? No, but no. Bejeweled is. Bejeweled is. Bejeweled. Not not a lot of writing and character design. <laughs> in Bejeweled, but uh, <laughs> Peggle did Peggle and uh, Bookworm Adventures and I like Bookworm Adventures. Actually, that's one of my faves. Mm. Uh, I had to stop playing it though because my mind works uh, where you know some people get a song stuck in their head. I get basically anything that I've been working on stuck in my head. So if I've been like playing Scrabble, I go to sleep just with Scrabble tiles right. in my head. I'm just rearranging tiles for <laughs> hours <laughs> trying to sleep. It's awful. <laughs> it's, <laughs> my life is hell. I, actually, I can't do anything fun. Sudoku? <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> so thanks for coming to town. Yep. You came here uh, for this podcast all uh, the way yeah. from Seattle. Yeah, we flew oh. him in from Seattle. <laughs> Put me up at the uh, at the uh, Mac- McDonald Hotel uh, <laughs> in the in the presidential suite, which is actually just the shed by the McDonald's near yeah. my house. <laughs> it's, it's in the construction shed where they're working on the funicular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there was I like the complimentary cooler full of uh, pilsners and. And yeah, the uh, steam whistle pills there. And, and uh, vodka-infused Snapples. Yeah. Only the best. <laughs> Is there vodka-infused Snapples? They were at the party uh, at uh, on Friday. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the Welcome to Town party yeah. that we threw for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> You're like, thanks for being our podcast party that we, we threw. <laughs> um, so, thanks, Steve. Thanks for coming on the show. We've uh, wanted you on for a, a while, and... Uh, you're one of those guests that we think we could talk to you about a lot of different things. I um, suspect that's true. But mm-hmm. uh, right now, I think is a good time to actually just talk about you oh. and your work with Bob the Angry Flower because we're sitting on the 25th anniversary. It, uh, yep. Is that right? Yep. Uh, the first one, I think, was in May of, of uh, 2002. Or wait, no. What's 25 years ago? <laughs> 25 years ago, I think. Is uh, 1992. 92, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. 
So <laughs> for listeners at home uh, who aren't familiar with Bob the Angry Flower, you can find him at the back of View Magazine if you're in Edmonton every week. He's 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 in there with uh, the assortment of other comic strips. Uh, and he's been called, uh, he's sort of like your id with an unlimited budget. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good description of him. So where else Where else would is Bob the Angry Flower uh, featured weekly? Uh, well, on the internet, <laughs> on, on uh, the site. I think it, it has sort of appeared very occasionally in other places, but it, it really is kind of a, a, an Edmonton thing. So mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of run in practically every print uh, venue in Edmonton. So it's... So it started in the Gateway? It started in... Well, it actually started in the Solstice, which is like the summer Gateway, the University okay. of uh, Alberta sort of student paper. It's like the summer version of that. Then it went to the Gateway. Then it went to C Magazine. Then to The Sun, I think. And then I went to The Journal and then back to C and then went to View. And that's where it's at now. Mm-hmm. So it's done the rounds in, in <laughs> Edmonton print. And you've also uh, obviously uh, compiled them all in uh, to numerous books, yeah. trade paperbacks. Nine so far. Uh, well, this this uh, Bob the Angry Flower X is the tenth. Yeah, right. And you also are a, a frequent, uh, I don't know, guest or uh, comic host at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, what was well, it called when you when you got? I'm. Uh, your, I guess I'd say I'm, I'm an exhibitor. An exhibitor. I, uh, That's know, the word. I'm, I'm. I'm hawking my wares. I'm yeah. standing yeah. behind my table for ten hours a day trying to get people to buy my books. Now I've seen pictures of you at Comic Con for years, and you always have the petals around your head. The yeah. Your flower. Is that has, has it been the same one, <laughs> or do you make uh, a new one every year? I've gotten better <laughs> at making them. Like uh, I don't remember when I did the first one, but it was a while ago now, and and. There, it's it's very low-fi. It's very crude. I mean, it is just a piece of fiberboard that I've kind of drawn petals on and then <laughs> cut a hole out of and jammed it onto my skull. And I don't know if you've ever tried to cut curves in fiber core, oh, yeah. but it's yeah. not good. Foam core. Yeah, foam yeah. core. There we yeah. go. <laughs> uh, uh, so, and That's I would all just, they are? Yeah. Oh. And then I just, like, draw the little sort of creases in the petals and take, a like, a, a just a yellow highlighter to give it, a little bit of color so it it looks like a cheapo cartoon yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's not sophisticated yeah it's got the two-dimensional uh, feel to it yeah and uh you ever think about selling those well the thing is they're kind of a pain in the ass to make even one yeah. uh and so and i used to make them like a little too small so i really sort of jam them on my head and <laughs> and uh then they'd sort of start to melt a little bit in the sweat spots of the temples and that kind of thing but uh i've gotten better at kind of carving out enough of a space so that it can sort of rest comfortably here and right. leave a little bit of area for my ears so I can hear and and so now I can usually make one that'll last for several several conventions mm-hmm. so when is uh, the and then convention? I'll, uh, it, it's uh, not this week but next week so it starts on I think Wednesday July 19th is preview night and uh, so that's just sort of I think from 6 till 9 or something like that and then and then it's all day until Sunday. So this year, though, is a big deal for you. Well, this is the 25th anniversary of Bob the Angry Flower, uh, given that I couldn't remember when it started. But uh, So at least <laughs> it's like this is one of those milestones, I guess, where it's like I've been plugging away at this comic for 25 years, and, and uh, I can't remember when it went 
like weekly because I did the first one for the solstice and then I think I was doing some other stuff for the gateway and then it took maybe a few years after that before it was like okay now it's weekly I'm doing it weekly for the gateway and then weekly for the sea and have been doing it weekly ever since so I don't know I think 25 years of working on something is is worthy of some note and more or less on a whim I wrote uh, uh, like when I filled out one of their applications for a panel and uh, they accepted it so Unfortunately, uh, my friend Keith Knight, who is sort of one of my partners in crime and cartooning, and he sort of typically has the booth next to me in the small press area, but he's moved to North Carolina a couple of years ago, so he doesn't come out to Comic-Con San Diego that much. Right. So it's a shame because I would have really liked him to sort of moderate this panel, but uh, he wasn't going to be able to, and and so I sort of couldn't really find it. So I, basically, it's just going to be me up in front of this thing kind of reading you know I've taken a bunch of cartoons and clipped them like panel by panel so I'll sort of like slideshow through them and so kind of do a reading of these cartoons treat it like a TED talk yeah kind of so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of putting it together I figured out like well I've got you know this one particular cartoon that I'll use to start which is the one that I sort of show where it's the uh uh, the the one where Bob is kind of like so uh, he's standing in front of a podium and he's going like so uh uh kind of he's like kind of chuff 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 he's sort of going over his index cards and he's like kind of kind of forgot what I was gonna say there he's like um and then we sort of see him looking down at the podium and there's this giant button that says like kill everybody oh right mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so good and then the last panel is Bob just sort of like looking off kind of askance like taking taking that final beat mm-hmm. to <laughs> um, so I'll sort of launch with that and then I'll kind of go, okay, so this is Bob the Angry Flower. I'll introduce myself. And so let's just hit some basics here. Like Bob the Angry Flower is not Crazy Daisy Ed. It's not um, El Seed from The Tick. It's not Flowey from Undertale. These are common mistakes. Don't mistake any of these <laughs> things for... So then I've just got a bunch of cartoons where I'll sort of, sort of read them out and go like, well, here's the big... Uh, uh, you know, this is the one that sort of made my name. That's the apostrophe cartoon and talk about that. And then here's this other one that I did about Atlas Shrugged that sort of gets, that is my version of viral, you know, the ones that sort of caught on and mm-hmm. yeah. people would have heard of my cartoon because of someone would post this one in a message board or something like that. And uh, sort of go, okay, here's this one about Atlas Shrugged and then kind of go from there to do another one about Atlas Shrugged and, and so I've, I've sort of got it in my head about how, and then I'm just kind of like, well, I also like Daleks. So here's a couple of cartoons about Daleks and <laughs> here's me making fun of Prometheus. And how about the Borg? All right. And here's one about <laughs> your, your failed religious beliefs. <laughs> so you think about possibly actually bringing a button on stage though? Like, a, I think you should button? have some props. Like if, if you're showing <laughs> yeah. that comic, I think, like, if you actually, if you can confirm that you have a legit podium, <laughs> like, you should just have, like, a, a red painted button-looking thing and just, like, twist your podium and be like, only going to use it if I have if to. If I have to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so get laughing. Kill all. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys like the panel. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I've sort of, I, I've, but it's still sort of iffy. Like, I want to kind of build it out in a sense in that each one sort of has some lead in and lead out to the next, even if a bunch of it is just like, well, a lot of times, you know, the thing about cartooning is you can kind of do whatever you like and you can make fun of whatever. And if it's like, I want I want to make fun of blah, blah, blah this time, then I can. Or if I want to and just sort of sort of talk about, well, here's some comics I like. 
Yeah. And you know, you can use you could you can use the medium to reflect and comment in any on any subject you like to whatever extent you can squash into that space and have the capacity to draw. Yeah. So that leads me into a, a question then. So Bob the Angry Flower. Why did you choose Bob the Angry Flower? Uh I think there what, was, what, what what is his de- what is that device like what what is he to you well i think the way that i sort of have it in my head is the way it was working was that uh i was drawing a weekly comic for the gateway that wasn't it was it was like sort of a superhero parody it was kind of like a parody of rorschach from mm-hmm. watchman it was called the germ and so that that was very continuity heavy like each strip sort of was part of this ongoing story mm-hmm. uh and after a few years of doing this, I, I really kind of wanted to get away from that. I wanted to have this just totally rando, no continuity, you know, just absurd, whatever. And I think at some point I'd been considering doing one of those like 24-hour comics and I'd just been doodling and I did this sort of like flower with a mohawk. Uh, and I thought like, huh, well, you know, there are, I like kind of funny animal comics, you know, like Cerebus and Howard the Duck and... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and so the idea of anthropomorphized cartoon characters, and it's like, well, there's no big flower characters, and it's really simple to draw. Yeah, it's not like many a circle. Plants. Yeah, and yeah. like you know, you got the petals, you've got a really sort of noticeable profile, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you just draw the features in, and you can do all the expressions on that, and so it just seemed quite. Plus, there was the uh, there was that David Lynch cartoon you may have heard of, uh, the angriest dog in the world. Um, oh yeah, yeah, where where you know it's just the same panel essentially of this dog just straining and it's yeah. leash like uh, and then he sort of just shaking yeah with shaking rage. with rage uh, and and there's sort of like weird non sequitur language coming out of the the window of the house behind the dog and so that was something I kind of thought like yeah I can have like this sort of angry flower just standing on street corners screaming at people and and so that was sort of those things kind of coalesced into just going, okay, well, I'll try this, you know, I'll, I'll just do this flower character. And, and, uh, it's weird because, you know, I'll be, I'll be at Comic-Con and I've got my big banner that says like, it's got a picture of Bob and it's a Bob the Angry Flower and I'm standing there with a hat on and, and people will walk by and they'll look up and they'll sort of go like, Haha, Bob the Angry Flower. And it's like, oh yeah, I suppose that's a funny idea. Like I, it's I've lived with this oh. for so long. It's just sort of sounds to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's lost all meaning. Like if you mm-hmm. just sort of repeat the word tree to yourself again and again yes. until you're just bowl. like, yeah, bowl, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, there is something amusing about this idea. You don't associate flowers with meanness and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, it, it's yeah, totally. it's got a joke for yeah. like right off the the beat. Like yeah, you, you understand where you're going. And then, and then you can do whatever you like with it, right? Which is the fun part. And yeah, he definitely does anything, anything he likes. It's amazing how how broad uh, a spectrum of topics he can handle. Like, <laughs> well, it's true. I was talking with a friend just before I came over here, where like we were talking about Rick and Morty, and how, and he was sort of jestingly saying I should go and get in touch with Dan Harmon and say, well, you should put Bob in a Rick and Morty, Locked, which, yeah. which would be like a sort of amusing, but actually kind of presumptuous. And I don't think it would really quite work because Rick and Morty. It, like it's a very it's a vast universe but it's still sort of a universe whereas bob doesn't have a continuity he just sort of can appear in any yeah 
continuity for for listeners uh, who want context about that statement you do you do know dan so i do yeah you'd still be presumptuous to approach your friend <laughs> right like, hey man we're buddies why don't you put, <laughs> yeah. put my thing in your face yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, you're doing really well right now yeah. you can afford to give me a little of that right yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little exactly. taste of what you got going <laughs> even though i think there's a fair amount of i guess like crossover in terms of subject matter and i think people who like rick and morty there's a fairly good chance they like bob and vice versa absolutely yeah um but yeah like bob again like you know like if i wanted to rothgar it's like okay this is this is bob in beowulf yeah uh i love those strips some of my favorites there was like kept coming out the uh the beowulf ones yeah those were great where he's just gonna like show up and go like okay all these primitive dickheads don't know how to handle problems and so, like, I'm just going to show up with some solutions I'm going to get right past all the bullshit and <laughs> and fix this and then it turns out that fixing people's problems is harder than it appears and that kind of thing so yeah. well I, I think the one I, I really really loved uh, was the one that View banned where you had uh, all it essentially became a critique of the new Star Wars movie but it was it started off with just a bunch of like ISIS fighters breaking in and like holding Bob hostage. Right. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Right. Holding him at gunpoint, and he's one. like, "I don't want to die." You know, like right. I haven't seen the new. Yeah, so I've got I so done. much to live for, and they're like, "Yeah, like what?" And it's like, "What?" Like specifically, it's like, "Uh, well, I guess I kind of want to see the new Star Wars." It's like I haven't bought advanced tickets or anything, but you know, like I've got to go see it. I want to, like, uh, <laughs> trying to justify not being murdered by terrorists. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, speaking of like popping up in other universes, though, Bob the Angry Flower has popped up in other universes. Specifically, there, uh, I remember reading uh, a comic by Alan Moore, uh, Top Ten. Yep. Uh, and then the spinoff Smacks mm-hmm. or S Max. Yeah, I never uh, know how to pronounce that. It, either one, yeah. And so basically, like the the two, there's two characters that are in like basically like an enchanted forest kind of world. And like, there's so many cameos. There's and, a lot of different things everywhere, in jokes. Yeah. Like, it's just full of Easter eggs. And one of the one of the ones that hit me in the face was was Bob the Angry Flower sitting in a flower patch, looking actually more angry than normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they really exaggerated his angriness. <clears throat> and they're just like like, I, I think the panel has her uh, looking down, just being like. Like I don't know where we are, kind of. Yeah, like, I think like, she's just following like, behind Smacks, yeah. and they're just having a conversation. Yeah. And so it's just it's a totally throwaway gag, like yeah. so many others in that book. But I, I saw the same one, and I was like, oh man, I think I'm pretty sure that's me. You know, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure that's my. Uh, who is the Who is the uh, illustrator on that? The one? illustrator is a guy named Xander Cannon, who yeah. is awesome. I will take the moment to plug his current book, which is called Kaiju Max. Which, uh, if you like giant monsters and you like prison drama. And if you like the idea of combining those, uh, then Kaiju Max. And even so if Kaiju, you don't, Kaiju frankly, Prison. So yeah, it's a massive Kaiju, prison. Yeah, it's like a Kaiju Maximum Security Prison. That so it's like Monster Island where all these... And then so then, and it's got a crazy amount of depth because it's sort of like, well, this is how human beings are kind of managing the Kaiju population. And the Kaiju talk to each other... Uh, but they're not as good at talking to people and vice versa. But then the, the, the wardens of Kaiju Max are these kind of like Ultraman types, right? So they're oh, humans, perfect. but then they can tap and grow into giant jet jaguar, you know, guards and do a beatdown on like the, the <laughs> an inmate that's being a problem, right? Like, uh, 
And so you've got all these sort of like factions of like the water kaiju and the outer space kaiju and the mecha kaiju and and uh, yeah, that sounds so, awesome. Yeah, so there's it's good. it's really really rich and like the the, the cartooning is it's it's I guess I I would say it's simple but uh, really effective and evocative and has a lot of energy and motion in it and yet still has the capacity to portray some pretty intense emotional stuff right like uh, and, and tell some fairly deep and interesting is he doing this stories. one independently or is he yeah, I think he... it's through image but image. I could be wrong which uh, which publisher it is but uh, but yeah he's just sort of cranking out issues and then he's just finished his second trade paperback and I think like I think the first issue of the third is coming out you know anytime now so awesome so uh, yeah, so I would definitely say go summer go reading out. list. Yeah, yeah. I have so many, so many to catch up on. I've I've been I've fallen behind so far with comic book reading. I have a stack by my bed that I that I'm trying. Have to you even read all the ones I keep buying you? Yeah, I have. I have read all of the ones you bought me. I'm trying to catch up on Star <laughs> Wars right now. Uh, the I'm on the I think the the second Darth Vader one. I'm just uh, right. just starting in. So. You've been doing a lot of work to get this comic panel going uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. Have you ever thought now with all the work and the slideshow you're putting together of, of uh, doing like a book just on like History of Bob kind of thing? I, I, I say this because uh, I, I just recently, like my, my son Cedar has been getting into comics. He likes funny comics, loves Calvin and Hobbes. Right. And I was thinking, I was trying to rack my brain. I was like, oh, far side. He hasn't read Farside. Right. It's like completely new to him. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had a book and it was, it's the prehistory of Farside where he kind of goes through some yeah. of the old sketch versions and how he's worked through kind of the joke. Right. Um, and I gave that to him and he's, he's loved it, but it's, it's a pretty good little breakdown of like over the years. Yeah. The there's evolution. a, there's a similar one for Calvin and Hobbes. I forget what it's called. It's, it's, it's something like the, it has a sort of strangely, almost like academic title. It's something that the fifteenth year gallery symposium or, or or something. It's so it's not just one of the collections where it's like yeah. Revenge of the Baby Sat. It's yeah. it's got a slightly more abstracted title and and it's awesome because it's it's a sort of super annotated version where it's like here's this you know we'll kind of go like okay Calvin there's like here's some of the basic comics where I sort of it's like having DVD commentary yeah pretty much and so he'll go sort of break down each of the characters and how they you know what they mean to him and then he'll kind of go like okay and then like uh, I uh, or it's like so he'll talk about like approach to approaches to cartooning like sometimes you just do a goofy gag or sometimes I really want to you know stretch my legs artistically and try to do something and then he, he spends actually quite a lot of time talking about his sort of back and forth with the syndicates where um, uh, like the syndicates on the, on the Sunday cartoons, the syndicates would sort of send out this kind of pre-set grid of panels. And the reason they would do that is because the top they would so that uh, you could clip out part of it and not use it so that newspapers could sort of take the whole thing or part of it or rejigger the, the panels. And, and, uh, uh, and so uh, Will Watterson was becoming increasingly frustrating with having to work within these uh, constraints because, like, well, I have to throw away like these panels mm-hmm. and right. and uh, and and at the same time, he was really wanting to do more fun things with the art and the layout, 
And uh, so, and, and he kind of lays out all this sort of stuff. And eventually he just sort of said like, well, um, he just went to the syndicate and said, uh, I'm not going to use your format anymore. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take this chunk and I'm going to fill it. The, as one I big window here. Yeah. One, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to fill it as I please. And, um, and he's sort of like, and if you don't want to run it, you don't have to. Uh, now he had a lot of leverage because that was sort of at the height of his popularity. Uh, and it was, so the syndicate sort of hemmed and hawed and there were some other cartoonists I seem to recall who were kind of like, well, why does he get to sort of break the rules? And you kind of go like, well, because he's Bill Watterson. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, and the way he put it was also, but it's like, you know, if, you know, the way I see it, it's like, I'm doing what's best for the cartoon and for the readers. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not forcing anybody to go along with it. Editors that want to can editors that don't, don't have to. Um, and then, you know, and then he sort of starts showing some of these, some of those sort of Sunday big ones. That oh, were, yeah, I love uh, them. Yeah, yeah, you kind of go like... Amazing. I think one of the first ones was the, you know, Calvin playing with his toys, and it's like, now the most dangerous thing in known to man, like a Tyrannosaurus in an F-14. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's just like this sort of big art. And, so, and the color. Yeah. yeah. So much color. So you, you ever do that with Bob? You ever going to do? Well, like, uh, the... The, it's weird. I mean, because now... It, it, that was sort of very inspirational from way back. So when I was starting doing comics for the gateway, it was like a long, thin strip. Mm-hmm. Basically that you'd take like a regular piece of paper and kind of cut it in half lengthwise. And then that would be your, yeah, your shape. Yeah. Uh, and then when I and other gateway cartoonists like Fish Krakowski, we were sort of doing more. So then it was like two of those kind of stacked on top of each other. And that was kind of the format for, many years was the sort of landscape mm-hmm. uh and there was a period where you know i was kind of doing just very panel 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 but then you know there was there was there was a period long in the past now because i'm not nearly as experimental as i was but i was really sort of doing all kinds of wacky you know layouts and and pushing you know like having there be a, some huge panel with like a bunch of smaller panels around it and that kind of thing so that, but that was always the, the kind of the core idea was just like, this is my block of space and I will fill it as I please. Uh, and that's basically kind of still how it is. I mean, now the, the format is portrait, qu- right? Quarter page yeah. kind of, of the paper, um, yeah. <clears throat> so it's more like a regular comics page. And then, I'm again, I'm not as... as uh, uh, experimental with the panels but if you go through you'll see that I try to vary the the rhythm right like I try to go like well this one will have four panels where it's broken into four equal things and this one will have like a lot of thin horizontal panels and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing I don't do as much I still I like the the cleanliness now of having things in discrete panels and I'm very much about trying to focus on ensuring that the the reading flow is mm-hmm. uh clear yeah. um so it's weird i mean that's how the cartoon kind of evolves is like charitably you could describe it as sort of focusing on what's most essential if you were less charitable you would say it's just grotesque corner cutting and laziness uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you did like a like a history of bob the angry flower you could you could even throw in some of the old like you said you had the the superhero just the 
the, the parody. Yeah, the, the germ. Yeah, the germ. Has how you've drawn Bob changed over? It has. I mean, it didn't. If you go back to the very early ones, it's sort of weird. When I go back to the, the site, I notice as well that a lot of those earlier ones are, I didn't scan them or convert them in a particularly good way. So a lot of them are really quite manky and ugly to look at on which I guess I need to get my crap together and and <laughs> remaster them. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, like <laughs> they got to be remastered HD versions. Yeah, so I've got hundreds of cartoons that really I need to hire some kid like and just say, okay, here's a book, cut it up, scan each page, yeah. give me like a high quality line art scan of each cartoon here. Yeah, and, and you then could vector them even and yeah. yeah. Uh, so where what were you asking now about the. Well, just wondering the, oh, how the evolution of the way you drew him. Oh, yeah. So it didn't take... I mean, so if you go back to the very early ones, like I think Bob is mostly in his modern state by close to the end of the first book. Like right. in the very first few, you can see it was, it was you know, the number of petals he had, you know, every panel varied and and his hands were shaped differently. But the, the overall... so. Over time, like the number of petals kind of stabilized and, and their, their arrangement around his head kind of stabilized. And then they, you could see them starting to kind of curl back. Yeah. Uh, and then they sort of landed in a particular kind of curled configuration with a set of, of uh, creases in them. And then it's like, okay, this, this is standard Bob, right? Uh, and then his hands kind of w- looked more like a leaf with a thumb, but then they gradually sort of went through that cartoonification where they sort of became these kind of two fingers and a thumb kind of uh, nightcrawler hand, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's kind of it. Like, and then that sort of really, that was like, okay, this is what Bob the Angry Flower looks like. Cool. So it, it was a, a process, but I landed on it fairly early in the game. I find that stuff so fascinating. I love seeing the evolution of, Oh yeah. Any of that art. Like, yeah, it's so great. Even like well, saying Calvin and Hobbes, Farside, some of those ones too. Just seeing them, for, or the actually great examples is the Simpsons. Oh yeah, well, like yeah, where they came they, from, where the, they were drawn, the, or Snoopy is Snoopy's a really oh, illuminating yeah. uh, example. Well, any on of the, that. any of the peanuts, yeah, yeah. Just the re- the refining of the where you when they finally get done in that, like you can tell the cartoonist is like this is like they feel that character. The character is now a real character. Yeah, like they've. It's got some three-dimensionality in a two-dimensional format. And and Schultz is, is particularly magnificent for that because, uh, like, I don't know if you've ever tried to draw Charlie Brown. It is surprisingly difficult because <laughs> it is so simple, and you can sort of tell that, like, he – it's like muscle memory. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's been drawing Charlie Brown or was drawing, drawing Charlie Brown for so long and so many times that – there's like a there's a there's a sort of enlarged nerve ganglia in yeah. his shoulder, and he just sort of says, "Okay, draw Charlie Brown," and his arm just yeah, his, performs the action. It's his spine doing it, not yeah. his not his <laughs> head. Well, it's even like, but when you have a character that you know so well, it's like, well, this is him yelling. This is yeah. him sad. This is him like the emotion comes out so freely too. Like it doesn't, and it's still it's definitely that Charlie Brown. Like they didn't just put like a frowny face on yeah. him, you know. It's like everything changes about him, but it's still that is Charlie Brown. And so for Bob, I mean, like I'd say there there are advantages. Like I'm 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 not I'm a very limited artist. I'm good at illustrating my cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I'd be very good at illustrating anybody else's. Uh, 
but I'm good at drawing Bob and, and, you know, I'm, I'm very much about, not so much about like backgrounds or settings or correctly drawing human beings, but I'm certainly good at like gestures and expressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, sure. uh, All the faces in your comic are really great. You know, any of the characters, any of his sidekicks or anything. <laughs> yeah. And usually trying to focus on to at least some extent having some variation in kind of, I guess the camera angle so, uh, you know, and uh, or like, you know, Bob will be facing in one direction in one panel and then another in the other. And to make sure that there's at least a little bit of sort of dynamicism in the art. So it's not just headshot, 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 headshot. Yeah. Though sometimes you could do that as well, but then you do that to create a different effect, right? I also, c- I also, I actually, when you're talking about like uh, drawing people, like real people within his right. world... I like the fact that they're not necessarily like a, a like a anatomically correct human. Like there's a bizarreness to them as well, which right. I, I almost it almost makes me feel because a lot of Bob the Angry Flower I feel is uh, like you're critiquing like us, right? Like you're critiquing <laughs> those real people well, in the comic. Myself and, and, ultimately, and, yeah. There is the, the the most pointed target of <laughs> the yeah, absurdity of like you know. Humanity is is definitely a, a subject matter, and they look absurd in many of like even when they're just trying to be reasonable with Bob and Bob right. is like saying the most like bizarre things to them. Yeah, they, they still come off as the one who's foolish. And they're you well, know? they're cartoonish. I mean, it's yeah. what I like. One of the things I sort of enjoy about Bob is that there is he doesn't always win, like, uh, but he doesn't always lose either, yeah. right? So something like. Uh, you know, Tweety and Sylvester, those are a lot of fun, but you always know that Sylvester is going to end up on the wrong side of every encounter. Yeah. Or Yosemite Sam. Like, so Yosemite Sam is never going to get a win. Yeah. Uh, and whereas, like, say, that old comic from The Gateway that has a lot of fans like Space Moose, he would almost always get the win, though occasionally he would get the loss, but, but usually... Uh, it was it was it was very much on his sort of side. Whereas like Bob is often, I like to think that it is he gets a lot of wins, but he also get a lot mm-hmm. of crushing defeats, usually at his own hands. Um, but uh, and it's weird because I see it, him as consistent, even though it's like sometimes I sort of write him in to be the bad guy and go like, okay, the point of this joke will be to you know, have Bob ardently arguing for some evil cause or a point, you know, like your oppressors. It's like, it has come to my attention that some of you people continue to oppose your oppressors. Like, uh, (laughs) uh, this is not constructive. Uh, You will only bring pain to yourself and the people you love. Uh, Like, really, you must uh, stop doing this. And like this message brought to you by your oppressors. Please lie flat on the ground. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so yeah, like that kind of thing where Bob is is kind of like the he's like an evil he's like a mad scientist with infinite resources, kind of like that id comment. Yeah. Uh, but in the other times, he's he's like the one who's calling out some asshole for being an asshole. Uh, and and yet somehow I at least I view him as being consistently himself, 
it doesn't seem like he's off book uh, or, or not. I mean, it never seems like he's not being him, mm-hmm. even though he can be playing like the opposite of a role in the same situation that he was a month ago. I do like that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm I, I was just Googling some images of, of Bob Dangerflower and I came across your uh, the Republican rage one <laughs> of Trump bursting mm-hmm. out of the ground, a giant Donald Trump bursting out, holding a Republican. <laughs> and the Republican is screaming. It says our racist stuff out loud. And somebody else, is, somebody else is screaming. It gets stronger the worse it acts. <laughs> I wish I wish that had not been so prescient. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like uh, and of course, like because that one was that one was was a, a sort of a combination of me going okay fine I'll draw about Robert or Donald Trump and also like I think the Fantastic Four movie was coming out so it's like a parody of the you know the cover of Fantastic Four number one mm-hmm. uh, and yeah and so there's another one that's a few issues later where it's like the radiometric predictomat where Bob is just like all right, I'm tired of waiting. Like, just I've fed all the data into this giant like computer. Like, tell me who's going to be the next president. And it goes like Trump, and you're like, what, really? <laughs> like, uh, and he's like, oh yeah, indubitably, like reals for really, totally. Uh, and I did this as kind of like a. It was kind of a response to all those those sort of five thirty eight and and poll aggregators who were oh, saying, yeah. oh, there's going to be like yeah. I can say with absolute certainty that this is how it's going to be, and I was like. This this assertion of of certainty is yeah. <laughs> implausible. It's <laughs> uh, yeah. uncertain. Yeah, <laughs> but I also felt a certain amount of guilt at at kind of instantiating a a a, a, a truth of Donald Trump becoming the next president. Well, it's a good gamble. And, yeah, because like, like it's still like scary and preposterous. And but it's even better when it actually just ended up happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's like I, I put my finger too squarely on yeah. on the, the 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 point of it, and I sort of go like, okay, I didn't actually make it happen. I don't so, have yeah. that power. So since then, have but, you had people flocking to your door, wa- wanting to know what their their lives are going to be like? No, in the future. <laughs> but there, how's how's the G twenty going to work out here? Luckily, it's it's very intermittent. But uh, like, I have had other cartoons where there are like eerie correspondences between things that I've drawn and then events that have come to pass. Like, uh, probably the eeriest is, uh, back way back when I was doing in the book, everybody versus Bob, the angry fire. And I had this sort of ongoing storyline and I had drawn this one, uh, called, I think like the betrayal. And it was always like, uh, uh, Bob and Stumpy and Freddy are talking. It was like, oh, they'll never get through our force field. And it's like, force field penetrated. And it's like, oh, my God, how could this have happened? Unless somebody betrayed me. It's like, yeah, I betrayed you. And it's like, well, did it for the laughs. And and then, like, bang, this Lepostroff, this sort of burly French villain among Bob's ridiculous gallery, rogues gallery, comes smashing through, busting in the door. So I completed this cartoon, and it was sitting on top of my television in my apartment on White Avenue, when I left to go to Los Angeles in order to sort of look around and go like, well, maybe I should, I don't know, like think about moving here. And, and, uh, uh, so I spent a week there. And then when I came back, I discovered that one of my friends had smashed the door in because, uh, he, he and another friend were looking to get some dope, uh, and smoke (laughs) some pot. and, And they, they, 
busted my door and like he like unintentionally was kind of like playfully bashing in my door but then play time turned into reality and <laughs> and so they were to walk in I've gone in, this far might as well finish and the they job. were to walk in and be confronted by this cartoon which depicts essentially the act that they had just performed <laughs> uh, this betrayal <laughs> the door being smashed in by a burly French Canadian that's amazing uh, <laughs> So, uh, Bob, Bob the Angry Flower, the, the new book is called X? Yes. And is that out yet, or is it? It is nominally out in the sense that I have, uh, I have uh, I do print-on-demand through Kablam, so they sent me the first 20. I have them at uh, in Seattle. I've, I'm, I've yet to, my plan is to schedule like a little book launch and, and see if anyone will buy them. But the real, the real debut will be uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. So that's sort of like new book, brand new book. Like yeah. this is the, the thing. And then, then uh, getting them back here in Canada, that will be a little bit more complicated because it's print on demand. I have to, to figure out like to get them into bookstores is a bit yeah. more of a hassle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the Kablam people have all the files, but I still have to do a little bit of fiddling in order to set it up so that you can buy the book online. Right. And unfortunately, the shipping from the U.S. to Canada for these items is kind of gnarly. Like, I think the shipping is almost as much as the book. Yeah, right. Uh, so that is unfortunately a bit of a disincentive, but it, but it is, but it, yeah, it is, it is out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> though, well, no, it's 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 not out until Comic Con. That is the first time that I, that it will be sort of available to the public to purchase. Cool. Um, and uh, will it be available through your website? I will. Uh, yeah. When I when I get back, I will I will hook up the stuff to Indie Planet, which is the sort of selling arm of Kablam and. Uh, and uh, and then put the link on the site. Great. So I think a, a good way to uh, cap this conversation is something I've been thinking about quite a bit. Uh, Bob the Angry Flower, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I re- recently in, I recently read an article. It was about a another uh, uh, illustrator cartoonist from Edmonton. Uh, some of our listeners at home might know him, uh, Todd McFarlane. Mm. Yep. Uh, I think he did He did some Spider-Man stuff back in the day. I think he has his own company. <laughs> are, uh, are you being facetious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he, uh, so he recently <laughs> said, like, because like, Hollywood's been trying to get, like, some new Spawn stuff, because Hollywood's, like, wanting franchises now. Right. They love their franchises, because they can bank on them. And so Todd McFarlane's like, offering it he's there's even like a script written for the first movie that he wrote uh but his 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 thing is he needs to be uh both the producer the writer and the director yeah he has to have of total, the movie total right. control total control and otherwise like uh movie studios can't even read the script basically is right. pretty much <laughs> it and i was reading it and i was like i was kind of pissed off because i've always liked spawn right and i Everyone panned that first movie. I I actually kind of liked it. I thought at least John Leguizamo was amazing as the clown. Like it was so good. I was actually just sort of skipping through it. I think two nights before I came back to Edmonton, I was yeah. just like for that sort of thing. I was like, what? What do we make of Spawn in, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. in the current era of superhero <laughs> yeah. movies? What is this? One of the ones before superheroes became the dominant genre. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so I don't think that's ever going to happen. Basically, if he's going to stick to that, yeah. I'm I sure also don't want to see a movie that he directs. <laughs> no. So, what are your conditions, and how would you visualize? Above the Angry Flower movie, I know you've you've got to have thought about it for years. Well, I, I, <laughs> Since I, you probably started the character, you're like, eventually this is going to be made into a movie. But weirdly, <laughs> I haven't. I mean, like in, back in the days when Bob was at, I guess what I would call its peak popularity, which was never all that popular. But uh, there, you know, I would I would occasionally have you know would be producers coming by and uh, sort of saying, okay, let's make this into an animated show or something, but never to the point where it's like, well, okay, how about I get some money? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it would be these sort of weird things where someone come up with like, oh, this is a great concept. And I know some awesome writers is like, well, wait a minute. I am an awesome writer. Uh, but I guess because Bob as, as, as I conceive it is so, so defined by by its by the fact that it is one-offs you know these mm-hmm. these now i can do longer extended stories but uh the but the but the vast bulk of bob is like get in get out make the point done you know um so i don't have a solid picture in my mind of how to sort of build that out into a narrative framework that would be suitable for like a TV show like Rick and Morty or like a, a movie, I guess. Like, like even something like SpongeBob. I mean, the movie is actually awesome, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. but they have a very deep lore and world. And whereas Bob has lots of that kind of stuff, again, it's 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 sort of continuity violating, and it doesn't have the the sorts of web of relationships that really make that kind right. of thing work. You know, like, again, you look at something like Rick and Morty, it's, you know, even though you could, uh, at, a, at, a, at a remove, say that Rick and Bob are kind of similar sorts of characters. Yeah. But so much of what drives that show is the relationship between Rick and Morty and with Morty and his sister and with, like, uh, mm-hmm. Morty's parents. And so that's what Which really... Which is one of the greatest things about the show, too. Like, the jokes were always good. The, the the intelligence was always like oh man like that's a so smart that joke but then when you actually see like that show develops really nicely those yeah. relationships develop yeah and and bob i mean it's is as much as i love it and as funny and as awesome as i think it is it is still very very monologue really like if you look at the vast majority of of bob strips bob is has either all or most of the dialogue you you can go through and and say well there are these secondary characters and and recurring characters and that sort of thing but that's not really a it's just not how i visualize it so in in answer to your question i don't actually kind of have a picture in my head of what a bob movie or a bob tv show would look like which is stupid i mean if i were really thinking i would actually <laughs> years ago would have sat down and said okay i'm gonna do the work of breaking this down into like a series bible for an animated series and Mm -hmm. layout blah 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 and this is how it's gonna work and or in a way the thing i actually what i would rather do is do that for lovebot like i think lovebot is a much more sensible and so he's like a robot character who appeared in bob Mm -hmm. created by bob and then sort of went off and had his own adventures. And that, I think, is actually sort of a stronger candidate for something like a series or a movie because he's got, like, uh, you know, his his very existence is, again, like a premise, but it's a premise that has a purpose yeah, uh, and a kind of a, a direction towards a goal. And he's got already kind of a little cast of characters. And 
So Bob the Angry Flower would be better off as a Looney Tunes cartoon. Or like a maybe vignettes. Like, well, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, but it's like self-contained. It's it's uh, seven to eleven minutes long, or shorter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you, I think if you, there's some of these sort of somewhat like ah, oh, but I, I picture like at least a a minute of a vista. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it depends. I mean, like, slowly panning in on Bob the Angry Flower in the middle of his his garden kind of thing. Like there's. Uh, <laughs> There were some animated versions of there's a comic called uh, by Tony Millionaire called Mackie's. And uh, I think that, you know, got like sort of an animation treatment. And there's that comic Cyanide and Happiness that I yep. think uh, they're yeah. doing. Yep. those, And those are like shorts, right? Like yeah. uh, that is is probably where if I was going to do it, it would start. It would kind of go, OK, like mm. this is a comic. And but then it would be it would be short. It would be like a minute or not even really mm. like uh um, so Adult Swim would be a good, yeah, good thing to approach for something like that. They do that. They've started with those little, little formats, small formats for a long time. Yeah, I mean, well, and if you think about the Simpsons, I mean, they started out as these sort of small segments in what the Tracy, Tracy Allman, Allman show. show yeah. yeah. Uh, so they and like I don't know how long the segments were, but they were pretty short, right? I mean, yeah. they were, yeah, less than ten minutes even. I would oh, say. Oh yeah. So. Uh, and so once that developed, then you could actually start realistically building that into like a half hour TV show, right? So we we talked about uh, the movie Heavy Metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about maybe a format like that? Which is basically a bunch of little stories that all of yeah. a sudden have like some thread. That's why, I, like, say, or that's the, why or the, I say vignettes, right? Or like the Nine maybe, Lives of and maybe Garfield. The yeah. only thread is Bob <laughs> yeah, Danger yeah, Flower. Yeah. Nine Lives of Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. Well, uh, Steve, uh, I hope comic-con goes well for you awesome awesome i hope so too thank you so much for coming on the show is it as amazing as like the internet tells us (laughs) (laughs) it is i mean i have a very narrow view of it because i am on the job you're you're stuck stuck at the table basically yeah yeah, behind the table for from like nine in the morning till seven at night or whatever so do you Um, uh partake in any of the crazy uh cosplay parties that happen afterwards i do not (laughs) the closest i came to that i would if i all right here's my one anecdote this is in san diego uh but it was ape the alternative press expo uh which was for many years held in san francisco and one of the years that they held it it was the weekend of halloween Oh boy! Uh, so I didn't, I didn't have like uh, you know a Halloween costume, but I did have this flower hat, which actually I've used many Halloween since as just a go-to thing. So, and I, I had my flower hat, and uh, Keith Knight, you know, author of the K Chronicles and the Nightlife, and mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, had this like chef's outfit. So we had this like tall, skinny black guy and this blinding white chef's outfit. And then this short, dumpy Canadian dude with a sushi shirt and flower hat just sort of walking down the streets of San Francisco and everybody's getting hammered on Halloween. And we run into this uh, this sort of little vignette of this this guy, like, you know, in his late teens, or early 20s, sort of weeping, uh, surrounded by, like, his a couple of girls who are his girlfriends or friends or whatever. And, and I sort of bobbed the angry flower to him in the sense that I was just sort of like, well, 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 what do we have here? (laughs) (laughs) Three capable women and one incapable man. (laughs) 
and uh, <laughs> it just came out, and <laughs> and, uh, and the dude, I guess, was was spurred to action by this call out, and actually leapt up, fist flailing, and went after Keith. <laughs> 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 and I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm the guy that said it. <laughs> Luckily, the, 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 the girls sort of like, you know, calmed him down and said like, it's okay. It's, it's like, oh, sorry. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. He's just like, you know, having a really rough night. And we're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But, so, <laughs> They're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wish an entourage that backed yeah. me up. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's not a San Diego Comic Con. So but what so you're saying is they invite you to the party after. Well, yeah. So it's 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 huge. I mean, it's so as is it as crazy as 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 you've heard? Well, yeah. I mean, you go there, and everybody sort of has their own con. It's it's changed a lot in, in mm-hmm. the years that I've been going. What you want to do is sort of what you choose to do. So there's some experiences where you're like, okay, I'm gonna camp out, go do the hall H the whole time. Then you'll see that and not a lot else but then there's the you know exhibiting floor which yeah, is it's ma- sort of, it's massive though right it's, like, it's massive it's huge i mean the 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 san diego convention center has expanded in order to accommodate that one event. yeah like when i first went to comic-con back in the late 90s the convention center was half the size it is now and the con didn't even fill it mm-hmm. uh so it's just gotten huger and huger yeah. and huger and They've they've gone through sort of changes where a few years ago it used to be just walk in you know you could buy tickets now no now it's really difficult to get tickets they go on sale and then they're done they're sold out like ten minutes later mm-hmm. uh, so that means they're controlling the flow of people a lot better uh, but you don't have it's not such a mass because it was just mm-hmm. getting too big it was like a sausage on a campfire just starting to like sweat and ooze and split and yeah and people were gonna that's getting, when you know it's done well yeah <laughs> yeah well and it was and it's getting angry like you got this the vibe was different at that time like people that uh, were you know kind of walking around with kind of pissed off looks on their faces because it's all crowded and shitty and and everyone's sort of nobody's having fun anymore like it doesn't have that kind of carnival atmosphere when it's too big and it's too packed mm, yeah uh in more recent years there's I think there's good things uh, where they're like other events are happening kind of adjacent to the convention center that sort of bleed some of that off, which I think is good for attendees, maybe not so good for exhibitors like me or retailers who are trying to like move product and sell comics. They want like a packed hall, but I think it's a better experience for the people who go. But again, it's 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 you know it's commonly said that it's like well it's not much of a comics convention anymore. It's much more <coughs> popular culture genre, you know. And since nerd culture has kind of claimed popular culture, that means like the biggest things are featured at San Diego Comic Con. So you go like mm-hmm. okay, well, Game of Thrones people are here. They've got a and they've got like a yacht parked in the bay and there's like a super crazy party that people are having on the, the, the yeah. yacht with the Game of Thrones people that the I'm big- like not even remotely famous or popular <laughs> enough to attend. So yeah, that's where you get like big movie trailer uh, yeah. features and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, oh, San Diego, the, and San Diego is the, the one, right? It's, it is the, the one in... In uh, U.S., though, I think New York Comic Con is actually I've heard rising it's starting in, to in prominence steam. as well. Yeah, yeah. cool. Ah, uh, someday, 
I really want to go someday. Hey, if someday, you ever need yeah. if you ever need an employee at your booth. Well, to be honest, like uh, I'm uh, in. If you ever actually want to see what's going on in other places, we can man your booth. Well, mm-hmm. I have I have a wonderful we'll bring our own a, a wonderful sort of friend slash fangirl uh, who uh, has actually sort of been helping out at my booth, and so she, I like because when I buy my table, I get like an extra ticket. So uh, she, if she's listening, Allison, uh, she'll she'll be here for part of the con this year, but not the whole thing, unfortunately, because she's just starting a new job as she's a forensic pathologist her her uh, uh, thesis was to dress a bunch of dead pigs up in clothing and see how quickly they rotted in in uh, amazing <laughs> yeah. that's, that's so cool <laughs> uh, so it's not just on TV they really do that <laughs> they do that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, that was like original research on the part of this that's charming young lady that likes my cartoons and comes out and helps out uh, so, but that said, like, I, I think I, I, I get a thing for me and a thing for usually for her. And I can always buy two other tickets. What's the price? They're expensive. My table is 500 bucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I get two tickets on that, yeah. um, two exhibitor passes. Yeah. And then I that's have the... Not, I, I feel like that's actually not that bad. It's not. It depends on how much you can expect to do in sales. Yeah. Like my sales, I used to be, I used to sell a lot more than I do now. Like... To the point where there's there's no question that I'm not making money. This is costing me a lot more money than mm-hmm, than right. uh, I'm getting, but it's more like habit <laughs> as much yeah, as yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So we're looking at so I know South by Southwest. You're looking at like five to eight just for a, a, a week pass, depending on what section of the festival you're going to. Yeah. Like see, I'm not music, sure how much the attendee media. passes are. Yeah. Like, if I was to buy them through my exhibitor thing i think like getting an exhibitor pass is like 300 some and and an attendee pass is more like 200 or something we can do that let's save up we really should yeah i think we need to do a a live show at or or, uh, not a live show but a a show at comic con yeah both you and i have traveled recently this year and and uh it was meant for the podcast that we traveled we sure recorded a lot we sure didn't record (laughs) anything so we would have to be like on it, on it. Yeah. <laughs> but you should. I mean, it, it's you just get distracted. Yeah. You know, it's it's so fun down there. <laughs> yeah. But it is it is like you know mecca for nerds, right? I mean, yeah. every every nerd who has the 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 ability should make their hajj. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is, is that the term, the pilgrimage. Uh, yeah. Yeah, trip uh, to mecca. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so well, I think uh, we should play some. Uh, it's about that time book of questions i think is i think it's that time yeah so we it, actually i feel like it's been a while since we've played book of questions it's it's been a while when was yeah. a lot because we didn't do it with jeff did we do it with anna i think we played book yeah of we questions did with anna. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah we just haven't done a full-length episode very often we don't we haven't because yeah, we in a while. focused on the bb's yeah okay so book of questions with Stephen notley so basically what we do uh we have the book book of questions by dr gregory stock we also have the love and sex version of Book of Questions. Uh, you are, you can go through the book, pick a page. It's got a question. Uh, throw it out to us. You need to answer it first. Okay. As in what you think. And then uh, usually some kind of discourse happens from there. All right. That's, and that's uh, the uh, this, this, is, this is where uh, often this will like extend into an extension. I think we're actually doing good for time. So... 
to listeners at home, we apologize because normally we have a disclaimer on the extension because it's when we uh, are less censored. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> sorry if we get into dark territory. Don't even know what the question is, but nine times out of ten. We, always, gets, we talk gets, about some gets a fuck, little fucked up shit. <laughs> fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think we need to start. We need to get a theme song for our book of questions. We really do. <laughs> or just like a warning, warning, warning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you have a question? I, all right, yes. Uh, so this is question 192 in the book of questions. Uh, and it is... If you were handed an envelope with the date of your death inside and you knew you could do nothing to alter your fate, would you look? And I think, you know, I, I, I would. Uh, because in a way, even if I... It would sort of... It would kind of, like, take a lot of the pressure off. <laughs> like, even, even if it was like, oh, it's actually, like, two days from now. Uh, and it doesn't specify whether it would tell you how it would happen. It just um, says that's when you yeah. die. Uh, but in that case, then I could kind of, then I could go like, well, okay, like, uh, whether or not, cause, cause the way I look at it is like my death, there is a definite date of my death in the future somewhere. It exists. Uh, yeah. It's there. It's going to happen, man. Yeah. Hate to break um, it to you. <laughs> and, uh, and at least this way I could prepare, I could go, okay, I don't have to worry about getting my shit together for a will until this thing you know? like i'm not gonna spend the yeah. next two days doing my taxes yeah <laughs> you know like because uh, my biggest concern about about that is like it would be it's like it's sort of weird it's like i would feel bad if i died and left a big mess for people to clean up like all my you know you know the disposition of my property and not having a will and all that kind of thing of course i wouldn't feel bad because i'd be dead but uh but but that is the sort of thing that i still living would prefer to spare other people from having to handle. So if I knew, then I could prepare more easily. That's true. So does it say just date or does it give a time? Does it say time and date? I think it says the date of your death. So not time. Nope. <clears throat> so I could die tomorrow, but it could be at 12.01 tonight. Yeah. Ooh. So, I the same, so you have a 24-hour window of possibly dying. Well, it could be shorter than it? that. I mean, it could be today's date. Do you do you spread like, out? Do you spread out plastic in your living room and just lay in the middle of it, <laughs> waiting for? I mean, maybe to you open the envelope and there's like a spring-loaded dart that blows your brains out, and then there's a piece yeah. of paper that has. You're going to die today. Yeah. <laughs> You're dying right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just anthrax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have you have about five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Well, but what if it's like, what if it says uh, like 50 years from now? Well, that would be something as well. Like, But I do, mean, you, do you like, well, shit, I know I'm not going to die anytime soon. Yeah. So, so then do I, am I, I just live gonna, dangerously? Yeah. Any, any more dangerously than I do now? <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about living <laughs> dangerously. I was thinking about living with like not doing anything. All day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Fuck, living, I'm just going to play video games every yeah, day. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I'm going to live to 98. So. So so yeah, that, if you know that that's when you're gonna die, it it almost makes you invincible if it's unchangeable. Uh, True, but that just, doesn't mean you you li- you, yeah. you might live as a vegetable or right. whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. Because I was gonna say jump out of you a plane, just put and a gun to your head. Like, there's ways to confirm that you like make sure that you die. 
if you really wanted to. Right. You know, like. But it, you're fated to never have made those decisions, I guess, because of what. Yeah, this is this is well, letting the no, universe. I assume this is letting the universe take control, and you're just going with the flow. You're not like trying to. Well, it could be a self fulfilling prophecy if you go like, okay, well, it is this date four years from now, and that date arrives, and I go like, well, all right, today's the day I die, so I'll blow my head off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's things that happen in the future are. When they happen, when when you get to them, you're there now, right? So you're always you're not trapped by the fact that what will happen to you in the future, in a sense, already has happened. In the same way that you're not trapped by all the things that in your past have happened, because well, you were there when they happened and when you did them, you chose then, and that's the same is true as the future as the past. Yeah, you'll be there then. <laughs> doing that thing that you <laughs> then will become the past and it's like yep well that's what happened at that on that date that's how he died yeah <laughs> oh so would you open it John would I open it oh fuck yeah I think I honestly uh, and I, I say that as uh, what I would consider in my life to be some of the sadder years <laughs> when it comes to my <laughs> emotional uh, well-being so even, I'm even more driven <laughs> to see that arrive. <laughs> like, be like, like if I live long, even if I know it, like if it's a long time, like all that tells me is like, you know what? It's something must go well in the future to live that long. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I must be eating properly. I must have eventually stopped drinking. So. Yes, I would. And if it told me a month from now, I'd be like, not surprised. <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it would, I would have no surprise if it was sooner. I think, later. I think we all think that, but then the story would be very different if we were actually looking at that Confront, piece of paper. Yeah. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I could open it because I think I worry so much. I like, I have so much anxiety crippling anxiety about how i use my time already don't you think it's that, freeing <laughs> like it would just no I don't, I don't i think it would trap I me like it's i think it would trap me because i would know exactly how much time i had left and that would fuck me up i'd be like oh, i'm wasting it oh i'm doing i spent the day in bed again oh, i'm fucking it up yeah i mean i can see that but, <laughs> I would but the thing it. is like it's worse that you're wasting it and you don't have you know how much time you have maybe, right like maybe. this way At you would so go ambiguous. you could sort of say all right well if it's in two years then now it's i i'm gonna spend the next two years it's doing the most productive whatever, two right? years of my life or kind of maybe. going well maybe i'm not like you know you, you're still making the same decisions day after day about whether you do it's like fuck it i want to sleep in today so i'm gonna sleep in today and but you don't know if you're sleeping in and you're wasting that day Yeah. that otherwise, you know, it's like, well, but if you knew that you only had 20 days left, then you would be doing something totally different. Right. Or I, I get, maybe I, you'd actually be able to sleep because, you know, <laughs> it can't get that shitty today because it's not you're not going to die today. Yeah. And you're actually, you know what? Like I had the best sleep of my life. But I guess <laughs> I guess Cause it only gets shitty in three weeks. It entirely yeah. depends. <laughs> it entirely depends how hearing that date would affect my particular brand of crazy right you know like i'd have to really 
I would never know until I actually knew, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. So do I want to open it and find out right. that it makes it my whole life worse? Nick, just behind yeah. you on the table is an envelope. It says Michael on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you <laughs> hand that over here? <laughs> it's a little Michael, heavy. we have a little surprise <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so I, I have a question about this now, though. If you found out you were going to die in a week through this envelope, what would you do? Well, I wouldn't edit this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This episode would never make it out, and I'd be too depressed even to to edit. No one would hear this. I I think I would go, well... I guess I'd go like, well, shit, I guess I should probably put together a will and get my shit together. Yeah, do the responsible thing. Yeah, like... Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah, for sure. First thing, probably be like, okay, will time. I don't think I really need a will. I don't have any assets. No, I I have no, I have literally no collateral. (laughs) But you work for the government. You got insurance. Yeah, I have have stuff to food. I have stuff. I I, I assume, like, I'm the benefactor of your insurance. (laughs) Uh, I think you might be, actually. It's either you or Nick. It might be Nick. Why would you do Nick? Because he's my younger brother. I'm looking out for him. But he's got his shit together. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the guy who needs a a lifeline is is sitting right here. The the the, the, the Look, classic. What is okay, it? I also forgot to tell you that this we can no longer record brother. our podcast here in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> also, you owe me back rent. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the yeah the dissolute older brother that classic uh, cliched character from Jane Austen. Or is it mm-hmm. the other way around? The older brother is the responsible one, and the. I don't know. I haven't read much Jane Austen. But, uh, <laughs> you, you Borchards, you know, you chart your own path. You're making your own destinies. Create your own cliches. I would, uh, I think I would probably sell my vehicle or take out a huge loan with my vehicle as collateral. And then... I would actually, personally, I, I would actually be mad at myself for not having used my credit wisely that way i'd be like i don't even have credit to live out the last week of my life <laughs> I, can't, I have no money <laughs> be like, to oh, even enjoy this like, i'm not taking a trip yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, you know how often yeah. i know how like it takes me like three full months in advance to know two weeks of go fund me to know i'm gonna have to know i'm gonna have like a two-week paycheck that's yeah. like oh this one this one I can use on some fun. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like if it just hit the wrong week, I'm like, oh well, I'm still. I got some frozen veggies in the freezer. Oh, shit, I, I already it. handed in my my rent check. Yeah. I would have <laughs> let that one bounce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, knowing the Borchards, uh, the or the Borchellis, uh, that is exactly how it would happen. Yeah, exactly. It'd be <laughs> we, like the we, worst we, week ever in Atlanta. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, that's it. Can I borrow, Mom? Can I borrow like a hundred bucks? Also, for- dying in a week. Just give me a hundred bucks. Yeah. Come on, I'm not paying you back. Also, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And sorry about and, the cost of know, the funeral. And I love you. <laughs> I, I, I guess. To be fair, you guys are the ones deciding to throw the funeral. You don't have to. No, <laughs> you don't have to. I'm okay with a Ziploc bag and just. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, done. Many little Ziploc bags if you have to. However it works. <laughs> I don't know that I want to be cremated. Well, you will be if if you if nobody, don't care. If, if nobody can pay <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't care, that is the default. You get <laughs> cremated. Turn to dust. Yeah. I want to be put in one of those tree pods. Those That's that actually kind of an appealing idea. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Because yeah. I sort of feel like... You know, cremation really is 
putting a button on it. It's, there's no coming back from that. Whereas, you know, can't even be a zombie. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, whereas, like if I'm if I'm a disintegrating corpse in a box, you know, somewhere, who knows what kinds of technological wizardry might be able to like the God knows why people, but yeah, but you kind of go like, well, why would anyone from the future resuscitate people from the past? And it's like, well, there could be reasons, you know, if maybe like histor- historical interests or that maybe that's that's what happens is that like everybody who's ever died and wasn't cremated. Wakes up. Yeah. It's the you perfect know, time. Five thousand years from now, but by some mega historian <laughs> computer that's go- using advanced genetic techniques to rebuild your brain out of your head goo. Yeah, um, it's, it's just the perfect time for a Bob yeah. the Angry Flower, Flower TV show right now. It's yeah. just <laughs> we have to bring him back. Yeah, maybe you're the new Da Vinci or Picasso. Like, you know what? Yeah. He's not that decomposed. We can do something. <laughs> <Yeah. about that. laughs> well, and he, you know what's actually funny is. The odds of like being the semen that reaches the egg are so astronomical. Oh, They're you mean semen the- as in the real semen? Yes. I really want to sailors. I, I want to read. A, I want to write a whole novel I mean, about a semen searching for an egg. <laughs> <laughs> an epic, epic journey. An epic, like based on like a Greek myth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a semen who's looking for a mythical through, egg. A, through an underwater tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you were saying. Um, Swim the odds for it. That, like <laughs> some. The odds are almost as astronomical that somebody would find you and bring you back to life. So when you think about it that way, you know, we all have been lucky once. It's not astronomical. They can find you easily because you'll have a marked tombstone. No, no, but I mean, like, they'll decide for you. The odds of the tech existing and picking you. Yeah, I don't don't know if we can really put accurate numbers on the odds of, of <laughs> the possibility of technology to bring people back from the dead. So basically what we're uh, all saying then is that we'll do it Futurama style. We'll yeah. at, least, at least freeze our head. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, that, that, that's, that's, that's a much better bet. <laughs> yeah. uh, it would also be really shitty if there was some, if you found out that there was like some afterlife, like maybe we're all like, we're all a simulation and, and, and we wake up matrix style right. and we're like, Oh that was the worst, you know. Like maybe we're, maybe we're all playing that game from Rick and Morty where we right. live that life all the way through. Mm-hmm. We don't realize it until we're done. <laughs> and then we're like, "Oh God, that's right! I'm a starship captain <laughs> yeah. like, uh, at an arcade." Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe I've had like a really amazing life, and I decided to like see how it feels to not have that. Yeah. By uh, always being the guy who uh, has really bad luck and uh, can never. Have his ID on him for more than a year <laughs> working without some, it getting stolen. Working some stuff here. <laughs> well, it's just you know, so many things like that just don't make sense when it comes to real people yeah, that I experience. It's, it's <laughs> like you're being written. Yeah, like like uh, like badly. <clears throat> like these were the 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 little things that were written into my code, huh? <laughs> well, I definitely opened the envelope. Because I would also be like, I can't wait to see what's out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't wait for the simulation to end. <laughs> but but I mean, it'd be so shitty if like if like. <laughs> 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 and that's your time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I guess I just I mean I'd be worried that there was some like great afterlife. Or or anything just like uh, better even even just new like let's say you find new life. Uh, uh, and then, and then all of a sudden, tech comes back to bring you back from the dead, and uh, and and then you're back here in this fucking meat prison. <laughs> 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 like we all, none of us had a choice. We just got fucking brought here, and then 
Uh, we have copy. to. We have to. Goddamn. It would just die be a now. software copy. Like I'd be out. Yeah. Once well, you're out of the matrix, you're out of the matrix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate. I hate this idea of uh, of uh, living on as a computer simulation because. Uh, but then, how is that different from living on in an afterlife? Well, it's it's. I I just I just mm-hmm. hate it because mm-hmm. I don't I, think I like that. Well, absolutely. I think it, eternal life is, is just insane. I mean, that's who nobody. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to be coherent forever. It's <laughs> yeah, too I long. Mean, there's a show that I was a big fan of. It was a, it was on NBC. It was called The Good Place. Did you get oh, you guys? Yeah, uh, I know about it. I haven't. I have. I've been waiting to sit down and binge. Oh, with Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kristen Bell. Yeah, yeah. I um, like that show. Yeah, and it's it's. I think it was it was. Uh, airing around the same time as Westworld was yeah, on HBO, was, yeah. and so Westworld was, you know, kind of capturing everyone's attention. But to me, The Good Place was was the really interesting one because it it really just forced you to. So the premise is that you know Kristen Bell sort of wakes up in this kind of office, and it kind of says like, "Welcome to the rest of your eternity" or whatever, and she discovers that she has There's died. A cler- clerical error. Well, yeah. So she wasn't she, supposed to be in the. She good wasn't place. supposed to be in the good place. Uh, and the good place is like this little sort of community, not really it's retirement. Suburb. Yeah, it's, it's a, a suburb. little suburb, you know, <laughs> yeah. with like frozen yogurt stands, and and you kind of go like, well, so this is, it, this is the afterlife. This is the eternity, and then you kind of, and then it sort of describes in the pilot like, and so this is how we determine whether people go to the good place or the bad place, and it's because it's a sort of a running total of your positive actions and your negative actions. So if you like ever bought a Coldplay album, you get like minus fifty thousand points, and if mm-hmm. you like. Gave a dollar to like a homeless person, you get like two points positive, and that kind I lo- of. Nice. I, I really like that cold pledge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, but as you're watching it, you're kind of it. You can't help but sort of go like, well, what the hell would it would be like? Like, because one of the stipulations of being in the good place is that they match you with your soulmate. Oh, oh. yes. Uh, yeah. Have you seen it? You've never no, seen it. I, I, I've watched a bunch of trailers for it. Um, Oh, so I, you I haven't just, seen it? I haven't sat down and watched the show yet. Yeah. Trailers and for a TV show. So that's like, like, why would you yeah. even say that? Well, because well, I saw it. I, saw <laughs> it. I, I, wanted, I wanted to you see. You know if I liked who's it. in it? Yeah. Well, I wanted to see what it was, and it looks yeah. it looks it's really funny. Yeah, it was I've good. Been to do Are it. they continuing that? Uh, yeah, it, it got renewed for a second season. I, Excellent. Basically, that's, I got my laptop stolen, and I stopped watching TV for a long time, yeah. and I actually don't know what was renewed. Or I used to be really on it. Yeah. Like TV.com was the first first thing that came up when my browser opened so like that that's the basic premise and then the hook of the idea as you were saying is that there was this clerical error yeah. and she's not a good person she's actually she's, kind she's of awful a terrible she's person awful. <laughs> and so she's trying to hide this and learn to be a good person to sort of cover her tracks and so she's learning ethics uh and and then you know and then the series and the ep- each episode is called is just called like chapter one chapter two so that convention for naming the episodes really gives you a sense that this is a story that is going somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just sort of an open-ended premise, yeah. Uh, which is really interesting, and it it's got to be an end to the yeah, book, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and in the course of it, you just sort of find yourself going like, well, yeah, what is the morality of afterlife? Like, how could you have one where? a select few went to the good place and everyone else went to some bad place. And what would the bad nature of the bad place be like? And what would the nature of the good place be like? What would it be like to be in, you know, a, a, like where in, in a, to live eternally in some place where you had everything you wanted, uh, would that not 
fall apart internally like can could that work yeah you know like uh not even for for eternity but even for like a hundred years for like that amount of time like what would yeah yeah like no what is conflict, what is life like no, in heaven yeah n- no things to have to overcome well, it's bizarre because I mean I think I feel like a no lot sense of, of achievement anymore. Well, I mean the idea the right. idea of the good place is, yeah. is eternal pleasure, right? You want to be you want to. But be it's happy not pleasure. The it's it, the show puts it as like almost like this is like peak like medium pleasure. Yeah, like everyone's like hey you satisfaction. Want, you can eat right. all of the d- desserts you want. And you don't without get worrying about you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the, yeah. the, the waistline. And, and you uh-huh. can fly and you can do all this sort of stuff. So so but it's like. You go to Disneyland and it's awesome at Disneyland, but do you want to live in Disneyland? <laughs> like, yeah. yes, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you you might. I mean, that's that's sort of the thing. Is and so that's the kind of thing you you ask yourself. And and then when you think about something like heaven, I mean, to me, the very idea that you could die and go to heaven because, let's say, in the conventional sort of Christian construction of it, it's like, well, because Jesus has forgiven your sins. So that means basically you get a ticket. You yeah. like you get a ticket to the party and you get to go. But it's like, well, but I'm still me, aren't I? Like I the fact that all of my flaws and errors and crimes have been forgiven externally to me doesn't make me a different person or does it? Like don't 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 I need to have my identity altered or indeed stripped away? Like to me the only kind of afterlife that makes sense is one that I describe in one of the Bob cartoons where it's uh, uh, in the sort of climax of Everybody versus Bob where Bob dies one of many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a panel that says, uh, in a single instant, Bob experiences every moment of every life that's ever been and ever will be. He's you reading this panel. Then he's nothing. And uh, I go like, that's that seems like what I would like. Yeah. yeah like, uh, that's in fact, that is sort of how I view it. I yeah. go like when I die, it's I, not a bad way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I lose the illusion that I am separate from the rest of the universe. I suddenly it at once understand that no, I and everything else are part of the same thing. And indeed are the one and only thing that ever is. We are existence. Yeah. And then, done <laughs> like, uh, well, yeah. like it's it's Which, it's okay for it yeah. to, to finish it, yeah totally and it makes sense i mean the idea that uh, uh well i, I mean it, it kind of comes back to that idea of uh, uh human human consciousness is the uh the universe observing itself mm-hmm. you know and that idea is i, I mean yeah. totally plays into that i mean I, lo- I i love that idea the idea that the universe is the big fucking complex brain of its own and we're its eyes you know <laughs> it, it made, oh, we're, it made, we're its thoughts oh yeah yeah we're its consciousness its sentience I like that sorry I don't follow <laughs> <laughs> my brain went blank there when you were talking about that stuff like almost like it didn't it couldn't handle it. Well, some of us, some of us are more of the sentience than others. Yeah, I've always considered myself like a supporting role, <laughs> like a character in your both you, you your guys' uh, uh, story, your narrative. Like, I get a walk on. Yeah. Like there was, there was this awesome time, like two seasons ago, where yeah. I got a couple of lines of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. I just fucking haunt the craft services table. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> 
Uh, next next time on Mike and Steve see the universe. <laughs> I'm that character that uh, is always depressed, but no one actually says, uh, "Hey, want to talk about it?" <laughs> uh, I like this. Mike and Steve see the universe, starring the universe as Mike and Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Special guest. <laughs> Special guest because you never get a. You never get a a, a, a a constant role. You just have the special guest role every other episode. Yeah. yeah. Sean Borcelli. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like my lifelong work. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing on your IMDb page. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got like a small handful of devoted From 1982 fans. 1982 to 2017. Yeah. He started. He's, uh, he's been a special guest yeah. on one, this one show. <laughs> Okay, I think that's that's a good place to stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before I cry. <laughs> it's getting too real. Don't like it. Um, Stick to the falsehood. Steve, thanks so much. That was awesome. Thank you. That Thank was you. A good episode. Really good. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, good luck with with everything in the panel. I hope it goes great. All right. Thank you. Uh, I am sure it will not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I thought you said you were ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. My bag was, what was fa- that sound? falling off the thing. Turn your notifications off. This is Sorry, bullshit. Oh, flight mode, man. You're fired. You rehired. Wait, you said we sucked? You're fired. Okay. You suck. You're rehired. That was that was crass. Am I hired or fired? What do you want to be? You're fucking fired. I no, Holmes gonna know because <laughs> you stopped the recording. <laughs> no, but I purposely stopped it in the middle of the Are we recording or not? Could have held that longer, I think, but I can go actually quite a long time. Yeah, I think I can go two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can hold my breath for over two minutes. I can't. Two minutes, thirteen seconds. That's my record. Mm. I, I have the same lung capacity as a small rodent. Uh, many rodents can swim underwater. Beavers, they can hold their I'm thinking, hold their breath for like. Uh, I'm thinking more like a hamster, like an hour. Two hours actually. Is it two hours? Yeah. See, wow. it's a long time. There you go. Yeah. <sighs> but they're all lungs. <laughs> they're all lungs. <laughs> yeah. That's why they have a third lung on their in their tail. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lung-shaped tail. Aqua lung. <coughs> Aqua lung. Okay. So we're going to start this or what? Yeah. How do we usually start these again? Oh, you'll see. Okay, let's start. <laughs>